3: With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shah on VSIN, the sports betting network.
6: We begin hour number two of Big Vets here at South Point Casino and Hotel. Dave Ross and Shaw coming at you. Tom Burns is going to join us, host of On Mad Dog Radio, uh, coming up later on this hour to get his thoughts on the NBA. Certainly the Kyrie Irving news is the big news of the weekend uh, in the NBA, and that leads us to our pro tip in hour number one. And it's something I think we've done a pretty good job of hour number one of trying to basically say the West, it is wide, And it is open. I mean, it is vast right now. Yes, the Denver Nuggets are right now the cream of the crop in the NBA. But I don't know, to your point that you made earlier, that they really scare anybody to say, oh, you know what? I don't want to take some of these numbers. Yeah, the Mavs numbers gotten shorted mightily with the news of this Kevin Durant trade. But there's a lot of tentacles between now and Thursday in the NBA trade market. And if you're looking for good numbers, you might be able to get some anticipating which teams could be buyers and sellers
7: before we get to that trade deadline? No question about it. You know, anticipating a move by a team that you like in the futures market is absolutely crucial in terms of putting yourself in a position to be successful. You know, we talked about the Clippers. Do they get a guard? I think their number goes down. I think they become the favorite if they get Fred Bleet. I agree. I, I, I don't think Van Bleet's that great. I just think he's a good piece to fit into the puzzle for the Clippers.
6: And right now, I believe 4-1 to one to win the West right now on the right. Clippers. So, again, be anticipatory of some of those potential trades that we see out there on the horizon for certain teams. And again. That is the pro tip. For our number one. As a VEASAN Pro subscriber. You have access to. Up to 20 pro tips. Per day. Here on the VEASAN Spectrum. All you have to do is. When you become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Go to VEASAN.com. And you can sort those out. By show. And or by sport. Also want to. Make note again. We're going to have Tom Byrne. If he gives us any selections today. There is a selections page. For VEASAN Pro subscribers. That we. Make it very easy for you. For our guests. For our host. If we've got picks. They're going to be right there for you. Each and every day as a VEASAN Pro subscriber. I alluded to before we went to break the Aaron Rodgers news out there at Pebble Beach. He wins the Pro-Am this weekend. Um, Boy, loose lips sink ships. They used to say that back in the day in the military. And uh, Aaron was very loose with his language, right? Of like, hey, I'm not going to go to San Francisco. You can forget that. But hey, Las Vegas, sounds like they really want me, Devontae. I looked uh, during the break here. The Raiders right now, are 45 to 1 to win the Super Bowl next year. And I know you go, why would I want to do that? They don't have a quarterback. I'm not saying it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. But there is a chance it could be Aaron Rodgers. What would the number be if they get Aaron Rodgers? This is again where you're trying to jump the gun, get the better of the number based of news, if you want to call that
7: news from Aaron Rodgers. Probably 20 to 25 to 1. Yep. Um you know, a couple things if they acquire him. First of all, you're still in a division with Justin Herbert, maybe Russell Wilson. And why I say maybe, is like the old Russell Wilson if, if Sean Payton's able to get him back to form. And then, of course, Patrick Mahomes. Kansas City and Mahomes aren't going anywhere. Uh, the Chargers... I'm sure they'll have 48 guys injured before training camp starts. Um, <laughs> you would expect them to be there, but their injuries will hold them back completely. But la- I tell you right now, it's I-, I don't know if there's a more frustrated fan base in all of sports than the Chargers. No, they yeah. don't have a fan
6: base. That's why they're not frustrated. Well, they just they don't for, care. First
7: of all, let me tell you something. They just don't I, I got to defend the great city of San Diego. Not San a San Diego fan base. No, no, no. Let-, let me tell you, whether you live in L.A. or San Diego, you're a Charger fan, regardless of wherever you are. Let- let's just say for the few, you have a team that goes 14-2 and two with Marty. Can't get through yet. Immense talent: Rivers, Tomlinson, Antonio Gates. You got great talent on this team. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, Justin Herbert. I love Austin Eckler. I think he's criminally underrated. Bosa, the guy's incredible, but he's made out of paper mache. Uh, <laughs> you know this team's got some talent. I, I like uh, Murray on on the edge there. This they they're good. They just unfortunately have never been able to put it together consistently. If I'm Rodgers, I look at the Raiders and I go, "We're going to score 30 points." But I'm afraid your our defense gonna still give up thirty-five. Twenty-two to one for Superchargers to win it next year.
6: The Jets are twenty-five to one. You can understand why that's been adjusted in the marketplace. But if you told me right now, what would I rather bet on? Twenty-five to one for the Jets is a long shot, or the Raiders at 45 to one, I'm taking the Raiders. Because to me it feels like it is up in the air where AR twelve ends up next year. And I do think that the Raiders are a real, realistic shot of a destination's landing spot for Aaron Rodgers.
7: Yeah, I mean, something to pay attention to for sure in terms of how this thing plays out, where you think he's going to go. I I mean, look, I I don't know. I I think a lot of times you think one thing and, you know, would you have thought Russell Wilson was going to the Denver Broncos? Let's forget the fact that Russell didn't play well and didn't have a good year. Right. But, I mean, on the surface, all of a sudden people are like, well, if they get him, it didn't work out. I, I think sometimes when you bring in a player in free agency outside of Tom Brady, it doesn't necessarily work how you think it might. Well, and I, you know, I, I, I hearken back to Wes Reynolds, of course,
6: does a great job in the network. Wes and I had this discussion last year when, it, when the rumor was Nathaniel – remember, you got to go back in the time machine here just a full year. Nathaniel Hackett's now the new head coach of the Broncos, and nobody knew what a disaster it would be, right? And it was Aaron Rodgers is coming with Nathaniel Hackett. And those numbers got shorted. And then Wes's point was, well, it might not be Aaron – but they're going to get a quarterback of some ilk. Right. And that's why he thought it was a playable number around 25 to one this time last year, they end up getting Russell Wilson. Then that number gets shorted. Right. right. It didn't work out, but the point was they're getting a, what we thought was a top tiered quarterback are the Raiders. If it's not Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. is Josh because McD- look, Derek Carr sounds like he ain't coming back. Right. They they've got, there's water under that bridge. That ship has sailed, whatever cliche you want to use. Are they going to get a top-flight quarterback, even if it's not AR-12? Well,
7: who would be that top-flight quarterback you're referring to? Because I can't think of anybody else that you're going to acquire that you would consider a top-12 quarterback. Because I think we thought that that was going to be Brady before his sudden retirement. It felt like
6: the Raiders were positioning themselves for an old-man quarterback. Either Brady for a year, be reunited with McDaniels. Well, that's out. And now, plan B feels like Rodgers. Pretty good plan B, but you got to deliver because you guys, however you want to shake it, I'm not pointing blame, but the Raiders and Derek Carr divorced publicly and it was ugly. Like you did that. So I don't see a scenario where he comes back to this mix. And if you don't get a top flight quarterback, then what'd you do all that for?
7: Yeah, absolutely. You're paying the best receiver in the league, a ton of money. I mean, at this point in time, you've got to go get somebody that's going to have an impact. Especially when you look at Waller, Renfro, uh, Devontae Adams, obviously. So I, I don't know, but who, besides Aaron Rodgers, who else could they get? Well, that's where we get into the plan Bs of the world. Where, Give uh, me an example. Well, like a Jimmy G. Like, like, I, well, okay. I, I said plan B. I didn't no, say plan B. That's not plan B. Let me tell you what Jimmy Garoppolo B. is. Jimmy Garoppolo is like, if a guy's got you on the Empire State Building, he's like, if you don't jump, I'm going to shoot you. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to take the chance on 110 flights and go down. I mean, the bottom line is Jimmy Garoppolo, listen. I don't know how to say this any clearer to everybody. Jimmy Garoppolo sucks. You can't win with this guy. That's it. End of story. I
6: believe I saw Joe Montana uh, today saying he'd rather have Jimmy G leading the 49ers next year than
7: any of the younger guys. That's fine. But you know what? Brock Purdy got you to a position to be able to win an NFC championship game. I'm going to do another. I'm not saying I agree, though. I'm just saying what
0: uh, what Joe
7: Montana said. Joe Montana mentally hasn't recovered from that hit from Leonard Marshall. I think he's still in Candlestick Park somewhere in that turf. I feel like it's Demi Moore to
6: Kevin Pollock when he says, why do you hate them so much? It's you and Jimmy G. Because they, they beat on a weaker kid. Why? Well, because no. it couldn't run very fast. I know Jimmy G looks like a guy that doesn't have all the athletic abilities not that some that. of these other guys have. But he does
7: seem to be a decent leader of men for whatever that's worth. And maybe that's what Joe Montana's getting Well, at. you know what? Great. The United States Marine Corps, the Army, the Navy could always use great leadership. So let's sign him up. The <laughs> bottom line is this. <laughs> Go back. You know what's funny? I, I saw a play in that Super Bowl. They, the replay of the Chiefs uh, 49ers Super Bowl the other day. It was clear as day to me, and this was the biggest indictment ever of Jimmy Garoppolo. The 49ers had the ball with two minutes left. They had timeouts in their pocket, and they're running the ball. Yeah, you know what team? most teams are thinking? Oh, man. Hey, if we go down and score without using a timeout, we have three timeouts, maybe we can get a stop back. Maybe we can get the ball back and get 10 points within that two-minute span. I'm,
6: I'm with you. Again, that, that if we're going back now, obviously, to the Chiefs and Niners Super Bowl of yesteryear. But we, we're, we're talking about if it's not Aaron Rodgers in, in, in uh, Las Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what would be realistic options? Well, he's an option. I'm not saying the best option, but he is in play in this musical chair of quarterbacks. You know, the other big question mark I have is I look at Tua. By the way, uh, the, a little sidebar story, he cleared concussion protocol last week. Like, whoa, that's scary, right? Like he just cleared concussion protocol. And I look at the futures market at Miami next year, we're assuming it's going to be Tua Tagovailoa. They're 30 to 1. Yeah. Like you know, Lamar Jackson, is he in play? We we assume the Ravens are going to give him a big deal. And they're gonna keep him there. But the Ravens right now, 30 to one. You know, I I, like I just I look at it and I go, what would be the alternative if you can't if you swing and miss on Aaron Rodgers? Because it really feels like I hate to say these names. Jimmy Garoppolo,
7: Carson Wentz's. Like, I mean, it's not pretty some of the options that are out there. Let me tell you, Carson Wentz, I'd rather go direct snap to a running back and bring in an extra blocker. (laughs) Right. Because I'm with you, like, but there, that's a drop off. Like, no, I'm but, not putting Carson Wentz in the
6: same category as Jimmy G. Jimmy G. is an elevated version of but, Carson Wentz.
7: But this is kind of uh, emblematic of the problem you have in the NFL, right? They recycle all these coaches that have already been fired that are not good. Yep. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of the coach. I, I wish I could remember for the life of me right now. This coach uh, over the weekend I was in there. Oh, St. Joe's coach. Oh, I forgot his name. I'm like, dude, how do you have a job? You can't even call a play. Your team, can't, your team waits for the ball to hit the floor before you rebound on um, plays. It's amazing. And I sit there and go, they just bring in people because they're like, well, we didn't know who else to take. And it's the same thing with these quarterbacks. You know what? At some point in time, say, let's roll the dice with a Brock Purdy. Let's roll the guy. Tony Romo is a perfect example of that, right? Take a chance with some of these other guys. Because we've already found out that most of these guys are pedestrian at best.
6: I mean, Do you, do you go trade for Trey Lance? I mean, like, this, these are the options we're talking about now.
7: Right? Would you rather have the unknown of Trey Lance what? versus the known of a Jimmy G? I think Trey Lance, you'd base it on how your team evaluated him during the draft process. He said he's an A-grade, B-grade, C-grade, whatever you want to give him marks on. If you don't think he's particularly great, then you stay away. But if not, you make a move. It's going to be fascinating because, again, when you look at the numbers,
6: 45-1, to 1, who's calling the plays in the huddle for the Las Vegas Raiders? I I don't think it's going to be Jared Stidham, (laughs) but if the clock runs out and the musical chairs are filled, he could be the last man standing. All right, let's get into college basketball next when we come back here on Big Bets.
1: I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question. I promise. You have to go. I have to go. But (laughs) it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
8: VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross
5: and Amal Shaw on VCN, the sports betting network.
6: Do you have questions about betting in the Super Bowl, wondering about how to hedge, or maybe you're looking for unusual props or insights from one of our hosts? Well, the VEASAN Big Game Help Desk has you covered. Submit your questions at VEASAN.com slash helpdesk, and it could be answered by one of our experts on air or at VEASAN.com. And also let me ask you a question. What's one of the craziest questions, queries, in the gambling world have you ever been asked? Do you recall any off the top of your head where you're like, wow, that's
7: an interesting question. Well, the way you phrase it at the end, I'm thinking, you know, something that's pretty interesting or in a positive way. But the initial part of your question, I was thinking something ridiculous like off the wall. I haven't been asked anything that you'd be like, you know, you should probably wear a helmet when you walk. So when you fall down, you'll be OK. <laughs> um, so you don't subscribe to the theory of there's no such thing as a dumb question? No, I do. But I, most of the questions I get asked, a lot of people direct message me on Twitter. And I always ask, you know what? They always ask me a ton of questions about hedging. Yeah. And I, and I think it's a prudent prudent way to go. It's funny. I, I'm sitting there. I was calculating something right now. Bet this tennis match in play. Sophia Kennan and um, Julie Niemeyer. Niemeyer was down a set. They were on serve in the, in the second set. And I said, oh, you know what? Niemeyer's plus 340. I said, I'm going to bet this. And then I said, all I need is one break of serve. She holds, gets a break, and then wins the set and now kenan was even money so i came back the other way on kenan and even money and i'm like all right i was like i got to steal a few bucks right now just in between but um but that's that's a perfect example yeah it's exactly it's exactly and
6: again i i think that's fair that i you know in the in the gambling space and again this this space is exploding not just nationwide but worldwide yeah. i think hedging is one of the bigger questions that people have cuz some people are anti-hedging and they're like you know, you're just cutting into your profit. And I, and I understand the logic of that or, or the thought process. But your logic
7: of locking in profit is, is to me, the, the prudent way to go. Well, so, you know, Dave, you bring up a great point, which is, yes, you're definitely um, cutting, cutting in, in, in. profit, yep. right? There's no question about it. There's times where I go, gosh, I shouldn't even hedge, hedge this. But do you know how many games where you sit there and you see a scenario where If you don't take this side and they come back, basketball is a great example of it. You'll see a team with an 11-point lead. I remember I was watching um, the Fordham game yesterday against uh, uh, Richmond. Richmond's down 11 at home, and I think they were plus about 4, 450, somewhere in that range. I can't recall exactly. But you're thinking, okay, I got an 11-point lead if if I have Fordham. Next thing you know, they end up losing. I don't know what they lost by. I didn't end up watching the, uh, the tail mm-hmm. end of the game because you knew it was over. But, um, you know, a lot of times I'm watching these games just for opportunities to hedge. I don't have a bet on the game. I don't, you know, LaSalle, St. Joe's, don't have a bet on the game, but you're looking for opportunities there. And so you take those because these 11-point leads disappear. Oh, you know, man. Manhattan yesterday against Ryder, they're down by 19. They go on a, like a 16-3 to three run. I mean, uh, Iona last week against um, Quinnipiac. They're down seventeen. They come back. So many of these games you see leads disappear. You don't want to be in that situation. And and I tell you, for me, Dave, I learned this lesson a long, long time ago. Uh, Ohio State was laying, I think, four and a half or five and a half against Michigan State. Odin and Conley. They're up twenty at the break. Michigan State outscores them by nineteen in the second half. And I, I remember I had a monster bet on the Buckeyes that game. Mm. And let me tell you, it was a long night that evening. I, I can I can give you one of those. I'm going to go
6: way back to '99. I had Syracuse against Sparty. That was the year that Sparty went on to win the national championship. Syracuse at Etan Thomas. Right. I'm really showing my age here. And I was getting a bunch of points from Syracuse, and they were leading the game in half. Mm-hmm. Michigan State not only came back to blow them on the second half, but cover the number. So there's those opportunities that we're talking about. Back then, it would have been a smart hedge play thinking, all right, well, you know, Sparty's going to make a run. I didn't think they'd come, come
7: all the way back and cover the big number, but they did that as the number one seed. Yeah, you mentioned that. 2000, 2000 team, it was fortunate that Kenyon Martin broke his leg because I still think Cincinnati wins the national title. But that team, the Flintstones, Charlie Bell, Mo Pete, and Mateen Cleaves, mm. along with A.J. Granger, one of the best teams I've ever seen when it came to late-game free throws. They'd be up four, you're laying six-and-a-half, They go six for six to the line, and boom, they win the game. SC the other night against Washington, I think 11 for 12 down the stretch. And Enfield's team's not a particularly good free throw shooting team. That's how you cover numbers on the comeback. Uh, Let's talk about some numbers tonight. Dookies, they're
6: going to the NCAA tournament. They're not in danger of that. It was a great game Saturday night against Against, against,
7: uh, uh, UNC
6: in their great rivalry game, which they did end up covering, by the way. now That's why I said it was
7: a great game. Because <laughs> they covered the <laughs> yeah. number.
6: Now they're going to go on the road against Coach L and Jim Laranaga, and they're going to get three down there in Miami at the U. I wonder the emotional level coming off of Saturday. Now it's a Monday. Can John Shire get them back up and interest you in that money line price of a plus $1.35? Yeah, and
7: by the way, it was funny. I was cheering for Duke, and, and you know, a couple things I realized – that really I think many people are probably doing this that have been doing it for a long time a lot smarter than me. If you like a favorite like Miami in this game, and, you know, I'm a big fan of these two and a half, three, three and a half three-and-a-half-point home favorites, I'm starting to realize these are not good bets, and here's why. It's very rare that you get an Oklahoma State-Oklahoma. Remember, I lost on that game. But let's say Oklahoma State was the favorite in that game of three. That was a wire-to-wire job. It is very, very rare that you have an opportunity like that. Kansas State against Texas on Saturday at Bramlage. They're up big. They lose the game. That's why I'm saying the hedging is important. But what my point being is this. If you like a dog like Duke in this instance, plus 135 on the money line and and plus three, I would take Duke pregame at plus 135, and then at some point in time, Duke is going to have a lead. It's very unlikely that Miami goes 40 minutes of wire-to-wire winning this basketball game. If you like Miami... At some point in time, they're probably going to be trailing. You could probably get better than the minus 155 on the money line or instead of laying the three points. Excuse me. You know, you could have gotten Duke plus two and a half, one and a half in game early in the first half when they were down six against Carolina. So now, late game, you're not sweating the fact that Jeremy Roach gets that crucial rebound uh, instead of, I think it was going to be Lively that was going to the free throw line. Roach goes down, knocks them both down. So I think from that standpoint, you really help yourself out. This matchup didn't bet it won't play. We'll wait for some in-game opportunities if I played at all. Can't wait to see this game. Just like Carolina-Duke on Saturday, I think this going to be a terrific matchup. You look at Duke, we know all the guys that this team's doing, but Isaiah Wong, you look at this Miami team pack, this is a good team. Coaching matchup edge, Laronega and company. I think it should be a pretty good crowd at the Watsco Center tonight. I lean towards the Canes here just simply because they're at home. I think Miami's – there's two teams in the ACC that are underappreciated, Miami and North Carolina State. I, I, by the
6: way, what you just laid out, and I hope everybody really listens to what you said about manipulating the market, if yeah. you will, okay? That, look, if you like the dog, it's probably a good idea to take Duke, take him on the money line, take the three, and then wait, and then find a scenario where Miami becomes either a pick 'em, Maybe Miami's catching a couple points. And all of a sudden, you can lock in profit – and really, you don't have to sweat out the end of the game. So, that is a really, I think, astute way of looking at some of these games. By the way, uh, my guy, Coach Beheim, put uh, Coach L in the crosshairs, along with Wake Forest's head coach, about uh, buying teams. If you saw that little tit for tat. What did the he week. say? I didn't see that. Ah, he was complaining about how some teams like Miami and Wake Forest are buying teams and we're not spending enough money on our players.
7: Well, because they're paying their useless coach too much money. It's just, look, Did you see the comment I was going to send it to you actually over the weekend? He goes, I you know, I'll decide or something when I leave or something yeah, like I'll that. Decide. You know what? If Daryl Goss had any, any stones whatsoever, he would he would remove him. Well, that's why he won't get removed is because Jim
6: Boeheim runs Syracuse. Well, why are people so afraid? Because it's like it's the K thing. It's the Dean Smith thing when he, he was at Carolina. I remember. I'm sure you do, too. At the
7: end of Dean Smith's time there, they're like, oh, man, we got to remove Coach. But how do we remove Coach? How do we remove Dean Smith? Yeah, yeah, but the difference with Dean Smith and Mike Krzyzewski compared to Jim Boeheim is the levels of success they've had. Mike Krzyzewski won five national titles, went to countless Final Fours, Dean Smith won two national titles, went to countless final fours. And I'm a big Dean Smith fan. I think yep. he's a great human being. And you look at Carolina and the affinity that those players all have. You know, we had George Carl on with Brent Musburger and I years ago, and I asked him about that. And he said to me after we went to break, he goes, hey, I appreciate you asking me about that. But I asked him, what makes Carolina Carolina? And he said, it all starts with Coach Smith. That's right. And my point is, I don't look at Syracuse in that same realm. But when you look at the pros that have been produced, Syracuse has actually probably produced better pros than Duke has. I mean, Melo is the best one that's well, been produced, right? Melo's the best out of the bunch, right? Even yeah. Grant Hill, as great as he was, because the injuries, he was besieged by injuries. Yep. He didn't turn out to be, like, as good as we would have liked or anticipated. But everybody else, you look at some of the guys that have come through there. John Wallace had a solid career. Yeah. Ronnie Cycley's a forgotten guy. The one guy that does. Just... team Warwick had a solid career in the NBA. Ten-year career, right? I didn't know he played that long. Yeah. But the two guys that disappointed me out of Syracuse were Johnny Flynn and the, one of the best players oh. I've seen in college basketball, Carlisle, Pennsylvania, Billy Owens. Don't get me started on those guys. Johnny Flynn,
6: I, I was on record saying, if you need a point guard, you got to take well, Johnny I Flynn. I was
7: right with you. I, hey, no, no, no. <laughs> you're, you're not thinking on that <laughs> ship alone. I was a Johnny what Flynn guy. I him? was excited when Minnesota took him at What's five. That,
6: yeah, what was it? it was like the Timberwolves here where they drafted Ricky, like three he, point he did, guards yeah. or something. Yeah. like, what are you doing? <laughs> I believe Matt Millen
7: was the GM. <laughs> They
6: took two point guards. They took Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn, and then Steph Curry went next to the twelve. Oh, my
0: goodness.
6: Like, what are these they- guys going work but out, man.
7: You know, you know Bob, Bob McKillop made a great point about Steph Curry, and he told his parents they were saying, you know, what should Steph do, basketball? He goes, he's going to make a lot of money playing basketball. He's such a great shooter, and, you know, it turns out to he become just, the greater. too slight coming in, right? And then, yeah, then, I agree. Then then now you look back and you go, well, Johnny,
6: Johnny Flynn was small. Ricky Rubio is still having a nice career, but not quite Steph Curry.
7: No, not
6: quite. All right, when we come back, let's talk some NBA with Tom Byrne uh, from Mad Dog Radio. I cannot wait to get Tom's perspective on all that's gone down over the weekend and what he sees in the second half of the NBA. Come on back. Big Bets here on
5: V-CEN. Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on v
6: If you're looking for a betting edge on football's biggest game, well, the VSN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. The VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VSN betting guides for the biggest games of the season. Our experts are going to break down brackets, best bets, and all the big game props, so don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for just $9.99. That's V-S-I-N. Slash subscribe Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. Amal, I love some of the conversations we have during the break mm-hmm. that the public might not be privy to all the time. We were just carrying on that conversation about Jim Beheim, and essentially what I was trying to do in the break was put him in there as one of the guys that gets the right to go out on his own terms, like a Coach K, like a Dean Smith, like a Roy Williams. But your rebuttal was basically... But he hasn't won like those guys have, so he doesn't earn that right, which I think is a fair argument. Also, none of these guys are working for free. No. They're getting paid handsomely to do so. Another guy who's getting paid handsomely to work is Kyrie Irving. He's looking for a new deal now that he has a new team with the Dallas Maverick. Let's let's bring in Tom Byrne right now, host on Mad Dog Radio. You can follow Tom on Twitter at one Byrne. Tom, thanks very much for joining us today. We've been talking a lot of Kyrie. It's been the buzz of the weekend in the NBA. First of all, it seemed like it happened quickly. Like, Kyrie, what was it, Friday? I want out. Here we are on a Monday, and he's out. Did you see this coming?
8: No. In fact, I thought Brooklyn might play hardball and keep him, but it speaks of desperation that front office felt in terms of wanting him out. After this last antic, I mean, you guys have probably documented it all so long. I'm sure everybody is. It's been an abject disaster. Hard to feel bad for Kevin Durant. He hits his wagon to the worst teammate in the history of sports. <laughs> but long, you know, long story short, they took 60 cents on the dollar. And if they were willing to do that, they were going to find a trade partner. They think they got a decent deal. I don't love the deal. Let's not act like Dorian Finney-Smith is a great player. Okay, Norris, Spencer, Dinwiddie, uh, they're borderline top 100 players, so they lost the deal. But at the same time, I could see Dallas losing the deal because that's not a good business plan. Letting Jalen Brunson, who's four years younger, walk, getting nothing in return, and then taking on Kyrie in a walk year. Now, at least he'll play because of that fact. But you know he's Mr. Unreliable. That's a heck of a risk for Dallas.
7: Tom, I think you bring up some great points. I love your line about Kyrie being the worst teammate in the history of sports. I would agree (laughs) with that. Uh, from your perspective, what does Brooklyn do now? Do they eventually move on from Kevin Durant? Does he try to force his way out of there? Or can you acquire somebody? this free agent market coming up this year is not very attractive in the offseason?
8: That's yeah, a good question. I think they're going to look at what they could potentially get for Durant, but they might not do it until Durant gives them a clue that maybe he doesn't love the direction he do organization. But doing it so quickly allows for Durant marinate on the moves made, there's no guarantee that Durant just doesn't walk to the organization again and tell them, hey, I want out of here. Now, he can't wait too long. He can't, you know, 24 hours before the deadline. Hey, you know what? I don't love the direction. Get me out of here. He'd have to do it relatively soon. But he can't be looking at this roster and saying, you know what? We could beat Milwaukee. We could beat Philly. We could beat Boston. They're going to be a pain in the neck. Don't get me wrong. They're in that Cleveland-Miami space now, though. They're not in that Boston-Milwaukee-Philly space. So, yeah, I think they're going to look around the league, maybe even dangle somebody like a Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, all the net fans out there, one of the dangle Ben Simmons, nobody's taking on Ben Simmons. You're going to have to attach picks to Simmons if you want to move him off the roster. So any move made now will be on the margins. Like I hear people say, well, Seth Curry, people want Seth Curry. Yeah, no kidding. So why do you want to give up Seth Curry? He's an elite three-point shooter. He compliments Kevin Durant very, very well. So, you know, I think Brooklyn's kind of stuck in this space now where they're going to be you know, needing Kevin Durant to be Superman, basically, to make a long run in the postseason.
7: Yeah, you're absolutely right, Tom. And I'll tell you, the Australian national team, better known as St. Mary's, probably doesn't even want Ben Simmons now.
8: <laughs> it's the, how, <laughs> how the mighty have
7: fallen with Ben. Because right?
6: it's the number one pick overall, and everybody's talking about Kyrie and Kevin Durant. And it's almost like he's the forgotten piece of that big three. They're now 7-1 to win the East here, the Nets, as they, they slide in that marketplace. We, we were talking a little bit earlier, Tom, about teams that might be buyers here before the trade deadline, on Thursday, I want to talk about those New York Knicks. They're sure. kind of flying below the radar. By the way, 70-1 to 1 to win the East. But what do you make of the Knicks and, and what their future looks like here, the short term? Are they buyers at the deadline?
8: They might attempt to be buyers. They're not going to land a big piece, I don't think, unless they want to go overboard for O.G. And Obi. And let's calm down with O.G. Ananobi. I, <laughs> I know he's 25. I know he's 3-and-D but you're not giving up three first-round picks if you're a good organization for O.G. Adanobi. It's weird. It's all of a sudden like we're going back to the days of draft capital not meaning much. Teams are just throwing it in left and right. The Rudy Gobert trade, obviously, example A. O.G. Adanobi is not a great player. He does not take the Knicks to the next level. I hate to say it for Knicks fans because they've been desperate for a while. I get it. I'm a Philadelphian and I almost feel almost feel bad for the Knicks fans. <laughs> the bottom line is this is the team, man. This is the core. Jalen Brunson's a good player. I can't kill that contract, but when they made that decision, they made the decision that this is going to be their core. R.J. Barrett, finally, Nick fans are figuring this out. It's no good. They're in the worst spot you could be in an NBA, and that's in the middle because you're not good enough to be in the Wemba sweepstakes. Not bad enough, I should say. You're not good enough to be at the top. Like I know people love just taking value in futures, and I get it. But keep in mind, if you take 70-1 to on the Knicks, you're donating. That's what you're doing. The Knicks have zero chance to win a championship. And I don't care who they add before the break. They are not beating Milwaukee. They are not beating Boston. They are not beating Philadelphia The best of seven. Nice win last night at the Garden. Third game of four nights back-to-back. How they were six-point underdogs, I have no idea. I was on the Knicks. But the Knicks are not winning a title. Now, to answer your question, they're going to make a move, I think. But, again, it's not going to be a star-driven move. It's going to be more on the margins.
6: It's just amazing to think that at the Mecca, we haven't had a star there in all since Carmelo Anthony left town. Really, really, you haven't had,
7: had a superstar in Madison Square Garden since he left town. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And Tom, I love the point you brought up. I, I just don't understand who the Knicks would bring in. You, you mentioned, I always say, you know, there's a local food bank that could use your donation instead of betting on the <laughs> Knicks. Um, but, you know, to me, the Philadelphia right. 76ers are an interesting team. I like Tyrese Maxey a lot, yep. maybe more than other people. Uh, Embiid's an absolute dude. I look in right now in the Eastern Conference, Boston, Milwaukee, kind of a point of demarcation between those two teams and everybody else. But Philly right below, the one negative I have with this team, I'm not a Doc Rivers guy. I Mm -hmm. feel like Doc Rivers could kill you in the postseason. Who do you like coming out of the Eastern Conference and then also flip it to the other side? We were talking about the West earlier. We don't know. I think it's wide open. You could bet on several teams. Anybody that you really like out West as well?
8: Well, let's start with Philadelphia. I've been on this team for about a month now. The Sixers are being slept on and they're right there with Boston and Milwaukee. They're not a tier below. They're right there. James Harden's a different player than he was. He's not the 2017-2018 Harden. He's more of a facilitator. You look traditional numbers, lead the league and assist, advanced numbers. You know, whether you want to look at Darko, Drip, predictive LeBron, you want to look at estimated minus for this season. I mean, bottom line is Philadelphia's right there at the top. I mean, those two, De'Anthony Melton was a great addition from Memphis. That was a lousy trade by the Grizzlies. So I think the Sixers are right there. A couple things, though. You're 100% right about Doc Rivers. I worry about his lineups. And the second and third things, Embiid's number two. Can he stay healthy? He's always dealing with something. He's great, but he's always – it's either a broken face, it's a torn ligament in the thumb, it's a torn MCL. Give him credit. He's tough. He plays through it all. But obviously it's hard to be the best version of yourself when you're always injured. The only postseason I can remember where he's healthy – was the bubble, and they were missing their second-best player at the time, Ben Simmons. Uh, but I like your point about the West. Look, the West is is very winnable, is the way to put it. Memphis is not playing well right now. What John Moran's doing, I have no idea. That's a wild story about what went down with the Pacers. But I actually think Memphis might be the team here, but that speaks volumes about how, can I say, lousy the West is. Mm, yep. The West is not a great conference, and that's why I can't rule out Phoenix. They've been awful. But they get Devin Booker back. Uh, But Memphis, Danny Green, who they got into the Anthony Melton trade, just about the end of the lineup. Forget about Dylan Dylan Brooks. He's a nice player. He's Patrick Beverly on the wing. He's got to play that sort of style. They're John Morant, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson. That's who they are. That's the big three. Is that young big three ready? I'm not sure. But where else are you going? Golden State, I mean, I have a hard time thinking Golden State to be a major factor. Maybe this is Nikola Jokic's year. I don't want to hear about injury excuses. Believe it or not, I'm kind of looking at Memphis right now, but I would argue the three best teams in the league all reside in the
6: East. About 45 seconds to go here with Tom Byrne, uh, host on Mad Dog Radio. Tom, very quickly, when I think East Coast, I think Philly, New York City, Boston, right? Always bragging rights. If the Eagles win this thing, where does that – what's the triumphant look like? What's the pecking order if the Eagles win the Super Bowl?
8: Well, with recency bias, I mean, it's got to be Philadelphia. Now, keep in mind, I'm 42 (laughs) – so the '83 Sixers don't really count. I I'da went all the way to 2008 with the Phillies, and then a while again, 2017 with the Eagles. So it's about damn time. But here we are now, and I think again the Sixers are being slept on. The Phillies were in the World Series. The Eagles are a slight Ooh. favorite against Kansas City. You mm. know what? Times are pretty good in Philadelphia right now. But finish the deal against Kansas City, and that's gonna be a hell of a game.
7: Can't wait, hey Tom. By the way, appreciate the reciprocity. You do a great job on Mad Dog.
8: Thank you, guys. Always appreciate
6: you too. Yeah, uh, great you. having Tom Byrne on again. Give him a follow at one Tom Byrne on Twitter. How about that? Philadelphia now is the king of the coast, absolutely of the East Coast. All right, let's put a finishing bow on this edition of Big Bets next here on Visa.
0: I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times.
3: With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to the Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever
1: you get your podcasts. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024. Listen to next question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: VSEN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VCN, the sports betting network.
6: Football fans, you know it. The championship game is all set, and BetRivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be with lots of big bets and tons of specials on February 12th, like our same game Parlay Bet and Get, Live Bet and Get, and Football Squares game. You can win up to $10,000 in bonus money instantly by playing our exclusive River Squares this football season. Place a $10 wager or more. In qualifying bets, you're going to get a square in the house. If your numbers on the square match the final score of the game, you're going to win. Restrictions on qualifying wagers, eligible bonuses, and credit use. Full terms and conditions available right now at BetRiversquares.com. Uh, I asked you earlier, when you look at final scores for Squares people out there, I mean, it's – you talk about almost impossible. Yes, you could have a 28, 24. You can theoretically think of what you think that final score might look like. But it is so hard to gauge when we talk about, say, the Buccaneers against the Chiefs from a couple of years ago. No touchdown passes thrown in that game by Patrick Mahomes. Nine total points in the game. It's weird because I sometimes when you think you know what this game's going to look like – Right. To quote Jim Mora, you really don't know, and you know what? You never will. Playoffs? Like, I don't know exactly what type of game we're going to be looking at, but I think we're going to get a lot more points than people might think.
7: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. It feels like it should be on the higher-scoring side, but we'll see what happens. All right, right now that total has gone up a little bit here to
6: 51 uh, at South Point uh, from 50 and a half earlier in the day. We were talking college basketball, obviously a big game down there in Miami tonight with Duke coming to town, but there is another – Really big game in the Big 12. Even make, Yeah, you make point of this all the time. It's just rock'em, sock'em robots in the Big 12 each and every week, and we got a big one, number 10 against number 8. We don't care about the rankings, but for the record, this is a battle of top 10 uh, teams here. Rock Chalk's going to lay four at home. What do you you make of uh, the house of horrors that can be visiting teams coming to KU?
7: Yeah, KU 11-1 at home this year, but Texas with a great road win over the weekend at Kansas State, coming from behind, just an outstanding job, getting a stop late, uh, really doing an outstanding job. Uh, To me, this is going to be a tough game. Give a slight edge to KU, but no way I'm laying the four here. I'll wait for an in-game opportunity on Kansas. Hopefully they fall behind early on and they get an opportunity and come back. Uh, But this should be a tremendous game. I mean, you're you're talking about two teams that are right there. I, I think they're legitimate Final Four contenders uh, when you look at Texas in terms of what they're able to do at the guard position, Marcus Carr has been a- outstanding. I mean, he has been an absolute difference maker for this team in, in terms of what he's brought to the table. Uh, Rice, the transfer over from New Mexico State, mm-hmm. Tyrese Hunter from Iowa State, even Timmy Allen, their top four players are transfers in. Uh, you know, Timmy Allen comes in also. I-, I think he was at NMSU as well at the end there. So they've got some talent. This should be an interesting one. Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick have to play well tonight uh, for this Kansas team if they're going to win this game. But Bill Bill Self at home, big Monday. It is tough, tough going against them. Here's the deal. These games, again, they'll
6: get lost once we get to conference, you know, tournament play here later on this month and certainly March Madness next month. But this does have a bigger game feel to it tonight, right? I look at the total 146. You know, do the math there. We're looking at, you know, low 70s for each team if you think it's going to get there. We know they can score. What do you make of Texas post-Chris Beard? Because rocky early, but it feels like they've found their footing.
7: They have. I don't think they're quite as good defensively. You know, we saw that game against uh, Kansas State where they gave up 116 points. Mm. I just don't see a scenario where uh, Texas uh, under Beard would have given up 116 Uh, But this team really seems to be getting itself together and really playing well. When you look at what the horns have been able to do, they had a tough hard fought win at home against Texas tech. Uh, You know, this team just continues to battle and you know, they, they beat Baylor in another hard fought game. They did lose that Tennessee, no shame in losing at Rocky top, but you look at TCU, good team They're without their leading score. Second leading score in the big 12, they go to Oklahoma state. They lose that game. So, this is a tough, tough league. We saw what happened to KU going into Ames on Saturday. Hilton Magic just destroys KU. So important game for both teams, especially for Texas to be able to win the league. Look, this league for two decades since Bill Self has been at Kansas has always gone through Lawrence, and now sitting at eight and two. KU at six and four. Kansas State six and four. Baylor and TCU six and four. So you're telling—I mean, you talk about an important game from a standings perspective for Texas. Great opportunity if you win this game. You got the Mounties coming in on Saturday at Guns Up uh, the following Monday. You look at the schedule. You got Iowa State with the return trip. They got to go to the O'Farrell Center on the 25th. It's not going to be an easy schedule. And then you close out what could be for the Big 12 title in Austin against KU. I mean, I'm telling you right now, every team I just read on their remaining schedule outside of Oklahoma is a tournament team. Texas Tech actually is not going to make it either, but – I believe the Big 12 is going to have eight out of ten teams in. Holy
6: mackerel. And, look, this is as loaded a division and conference as we've seen in quite some time. It feels like you harken back to the old glory days of the ACC when Carolina Duke, you go back to the Big East, the original Big East, where you're just murders row each and every week. That's what it feels like the Big 12 is this year.
7: Yeah, I think the Big East is a more apropos comparison. I thought the ACC was always heavy, top-heavy with yeah. the two teams. But I think when you look at the old Big East, top to bottom, it was like that, and you had some great teams, especially in the 85 year. But to me, the one thing I would point to is that maybe people have forgotten, the Big 12 has won the last two national titles, Baylor and Kansas. And I don't know if somebody comes out of this league this year, but look, there's three, four teams that could be Final Four contenders.
6: Before we move on to the NBA, I do want to ask, though, because every year in college basketball, it's a different team, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody personified that more than Duke in recent years, right? Completely different teams. So, even though Kansas is the reigning defending, is this version of Rock Chalk, like, uh, some of these kids going to be like, well, I I wasn't a part of that, right? So, it's not like the same guys coming back to try to win it again. Those days are over. Do you feel like this Kansas team is on par with that championship team a year ago?
7: Yeah, I think Jalen Wilson has now become potentially the second-best player in college basketball. He re- He's really confident. He's able to do it all from the guard position. Grady Dick is an underrated player. Mm-hmm. I think this team's got some talent. The one concern I have is inside the post. But you know what? When you go up against those monsters that Kentucky has – And they didn't give up offensive rebounds in that game. I think they gave up a couple at the end of the night. But just dominant uh, performance on the glass by KU. This team is one to watch out for. I I don't think they're going to be an easy out. That's one thing to pay attention to. KU, Bill Self, this is going to be a tough, tough team to beat. Let's go to the
6: NBA very quickly here in the final minutes that we have. And, again, uh, don't go anywhere. Final Countdown is live from Arizona next. So, boy, our crew is doing yeoman's work there. Can't wait to bring you those shows. Uh, live from the Super Bowl. The Bucs tonight are going to lay four and a half against the Blazers. You know, not that the Bucs are being forgotten. Yeah. But, boy, all the talk is the Celtics and, you know, of course with Kyrie now and the Nets. Well, it feels like the road potentially to the, at least to win the East, just got
7: easier for Milwaukee with the uh, subtraction of Kyrie from from Brooklyn. No question about it. Uh, if you're Milwaukee and Boston and Philadelphia, you're looking your chops at your opportunity here Uh, Interesting game. You know, the Blazers are one of those teams kind of like Sacramento. I tend not to bet against at home, especially when getting points. Yep. Lillard's unbelievable. I mean, he's just such a clutch player, but just the lack of help around him always seems to be a problem. Uh, this is a game where if Milwaukee's completely engaged, they should be able to win it. I, I don't want to lay four-and-a-half on the road. If you said I had to play the game, I would look at taking the Blazers in the four-and-a-half. I think when you get a team of Milwaukee's caliber, you do get a good effort out of a team like Portland. Two
6: forty-two and a half the total here, mall. This one has live bet written all over it. Two forty-two right? yeah, and a half. half I mean, I would expect big swings in this game. You can get the bla- – like you said, if you can get the Blazers at home early, let's say you take that – First quarter, Bucks take a nice lead. You can get the Blazers plus 7.5, plus 8, something in that range. What? Look for them to swing back in the second quarter, add on a Bucks play. Right, this is what I will be watching actively tonight.
7: You know, Monday, January 23rd, they played the Spurs at home. At a halftime in that game, it was tied at 74 apiece. San Antonio was shooting like 65 70%, something ridiculous. They were only minus 5 second half, and I think for the pregame itself, they were uh, 8.5. Got a much better number. They outs- they end up outscoring uh San Antonio by eighteen in that third quarter. And I think that's the one thing you could take away. The NBA to me, I always talk about college basketball because I'm a huge college hoops fan. Mm-hmm. But the NBA, Kelly and I talk about this off air all the time, is without question the best in play sport to bet.
6: I, is is Dr. Jack Ramsey coaching? Is Bill Walton and Maurice Lucas? I mean, 242 and a half. The glory days of the Blazers with no, point gonna, totals like that. It's, it's
7: going to be Terry Porter and company going back to the crib, taking, three, ta- taking three straight L's.
6: Woo! Uh, by the way, our pro tip is just exactly what you were just talking about, yeah. them all. certainly in basketball, right, in college basketball and the NBA. Man, you can find ways that you can look at the, some of the shorter numbers, right? Take a small money line dog heading to college basketball or the NBA and then look for those opportunities to get in on the other side at plus price. And I still think they need to make T-shirts with Amal Shaw's face on them that say lock-in profit. That's exactly what you can do if you can manipulate that market with some of these smaller uh, dogs here in the NBA and in college basketball.
7: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think it's a, it's a smart move because it puts you in a position to be profitable. That's the goal at the end of the day, right? Any business – you're going to be in business a lot longer if you have profit coming in as opposed to losing. Now, you can have certain times where you take certain risk and yep. you think it's a good calculated risk. But, you know, we've all seen a million games and know that anything can happen in so many different scenarios. Yeah,
6: absolutely. So, again, that is the pro tip for hour number two. As a VEASAN pro subscriber, all you have to do is go to VEASAN.com, sort those out by show and or by sport. And as we get ready to say goodbye for this edition of Big Bets, check out what our crew's doing. Out there in Arizona, Stormy's getting ready. The Final Countdown crew is coming up next. They're going to be Look live from the Super Bowl. Look at that. Yeah, Stormy's good. ready. She's ready to go. Here we go, everybody. The Final Countdown coming up next right here on the Sports Betting Network.